I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? I've been killing lots of zombies, Mm. and I think you have too. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about Resident Evil 4. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, just titled Resident Evil 4, like all the other remakes that Capcom has done, um just making some lovely seo problems for us all but uh yeah resident evil 4 remake is what we're gonna call it here we're gonna talk about that in our main topic and uh long time coming the game's been out a month both lou and i have finished it um uh, a lot of people have finished it uh capcom has added microtransactions to it and we'll talk about all that in just a little bit But before that, we have to get to the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and is spreading rapidly. So first up, uh, I want to address a a story that we missed on our last episode. Uh, We just uh, we didn't include it. And I wanted to make sure we included it because uh, this is this is a story about uh, Lance Reddick, who passed away uh, around mid-March uh, at the age of 60. Um, zombie fans will know him as the star of the Netflix Resident Evil series. Uh, I know you, Lou, and I would say the best part of that series and the main reason. He was the only reason to watch that. Uh, I know when they announced that he was going to play Wesker, you and I were kind of scratching our heads and we're like, all right, I guess we'll go with it. I like him as an actor. We'll see what he can do. And the whole time, both, both, I think we both said in our review of that show that while it wasn't great, the best time, the best moments of that show were when he was on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, other uh, gamers will remember him as uh, Commander Zavala from the Destiny franchise, as well as um, Silence in Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. He actually has a part uh, in um, the new expansion that launched for Horizon Forbidden West. He heavily features, obviously, in the newest Destiny expansion and both. Um, I know Bungie has confirmed that there's still more Lance Reddick to come uh, when it comes to his work with uh, Commander Zavala. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely sad news. There's going to be a lot of work that Lance Reddick has has done uh, coming out over the over the coming years uh, as it wraps up post production. But I I saw this news and I was incredibly saddened. I loved him in Resident Evil. I love him in in all of he's done. And honestly. I had no idea he was in the John Wick films. I that's one of my um, my gaps in terms of watching movies. I've only seen the first one. You need to get on that, man. He's the guy at the he's the guy that is, is, runs the front desk at the hotel. Yeah. And if he's in the first one, I might have just forgot a lot about that first one. He's the, he's, he's just a bit part in the first one. 
Um, the second one, he's a much bigger part, and uh, the and then the third one, he's an even he's an even bigger part than that. Oh, okay. So, like, my thing is, like, I I know Lance Reddick from his video game stuff. Like, I know he was he, in. I know I know him from TV stuff less yeah. than I do video game stuff because I don't play Destiny. I don't play. Um, uh, I don't play Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I'm not huge into uh, open world stuff, so they they or MMO feeling stuff. So those games are my gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've not watched. Uh, I guess he's in uh, Amazon he's Prime. In Bosch. Bosch, yeah. Um, uh, he he got his start. Uh, the thing that I think uh, boosted his career. He's in The Wire. Yeah, he's in The Wire. I've not seen The Wire. Um, I know everyone's going to be like, Ryan, I know this is a zombie podcast, but here's your uh, homework for non-zombie content. Um, I know he's, uh, so he's also going to be uh, Zeus in the upcoming Disney Plus series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So yeah. honestly, like I have, I have no knowledge of Percy Jackson. I know there was a couple movies, but him playing Zeus, that sounds fantastic. Sign me up. It sounds fantastic, but it also sounds like next movie, next season of the show recast. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, they will. They will have to do that. And um, yeah, so uh, Lance Reddick has has passed away at the age of 60. And, and like I said, I wanted to I wanted to acknowledge it on the show because uh, he was uh, he was a fantastic Wesker in a not so great Resident Evil series, but, but honestly, uh, helped that series. I, I hoped for a series too, you know, and we never got it. And, um, you know, uh, it was unfortunately canceled, uh, the series and yeah, rest in peace, Lance. Uh, hopefully, um, we can, obviously we'll continue to enjoy his work that he is, he has uh, provided us over the years. And, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, lots, lots to love of his work, both on television movies and video games uh let's move into some walking dead news here uh this is interesting so although a discussion is to be had about this lou because new walking dead universe short form series ordered at amc and it's titled more tales of the walking dead that's a working title i should say um now here's the thing at first i was excited oh more tales from the walking dead but then I thought to myself, wait a minute, these are uh, short form series. So like, are these digital shorts or are these, you know, more Tales of the Walking Dead? Like, there's not a lot of details here. I think we're going to have to wait for more details before we can make a total judgment. But my guess is that the Tales from the Walking Dead show did not make make the impact they were hoping for. But it made enough of an impact that they want to give it another shot and that we're going to get some kind of weird online thing. Right. So here's so the network's production arm for digital originals is behind. So this is the so is uh, overseeing the project for AMC's content room. This this really seems like it's going to be like a hey, we've we want to we want to pump out like this is the definition of pumping out more content uh for amc plus um they sort of they talk about there was uh a nominated short form series so emmy nominated short form series uh titled cooper's bar starring uh better call saul's rhea seahorn 
the animated prequel series Better Call Saul presents Slip and Jimmy. I I just saw previews for that and it sounded terrible. It looked terrible. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of AMC content that is just um bad. Yeah, it's not great. It's it's filler, which I mean you need to have when you have a whole streaming channel and you can only put out so much the my, walking my, dead. It, this is my gripe with amc it's not that i dislike amc i sat through all of uh the uh, uh what's it called interview with a vampire stuff because uh my wife is totally into that stuff and it was fine it was good but my gripe is is that amc doesn't know how to expand and do something new so they buy a license like say they have the walking dead and instead of trying to do something new, once that license ends, they're like, well, we were already paying for this. Let's milk this horse until nobody cares anymore. And even then, it's like, even after the, the, the horse, the cows run dry, they still are like, no, nah, we, we, we can get a little bit more out of it. We still have the license. We can't let the license lapse because somebody else will get it and do something different with it. Come on, let's make some more content. Hmm. That's the way it feels like they just it's easier for them to just keep writing the same stuff than it is for them to do something different or new. Yeah, some of their some of their digital shorts had interesting concepts, but like poor connective tissue and execution. It, it, It feels like they don't have the budget that they want to do something good. So rather than do the right thing, they kind of just kind of milk it for what they can like. They list here a couple of them, and the one that kind of kind of shows out to me is like uh, I think it was called the Walking Dead Red Machete, and it was talking about a specific knife that Rick Rick had um, that he stole from I think the bikers before the Terminus sort of storyline started up, um, yep. and and it included like a lot of characters that they brought back from the main Walking Dead. I mean, Rick wasn't in it. I think maybe what was supposed to be his hand was in it as he picked up the knife, but it was probably, it was probably footage from the series that they had already shot, but that was a good one. Um, the one that was interesting concept, but just did not land was, uh, related to fear the walking dead. It was flight four, six, two about the plane crashing. And then they bought some of, they brought some of those characters into the main show, but they kind of like killed one off screen and then made the other one a villain. And I think she ended up dying anyways. It was like, it yep. was just it, the connective. The, the whole, This is the problem AMC has is they're I think they have a chance to prove it with their spinoffs is that they can create like a connective universe. But right now it's just a lot of like stuff happening in different corners and they're really not connected unless like someone moves to that series. And that doesn't have that same vibe of the mcu that or even star wars that they're that they're clearly trying to emulate here and i've I've said this before i just really feel like you've got this cast of huge characters and there's there's got to be a way that they can kind of like connect them a little better and because it's a small world because the apocalypse is sort of taken over so of course it's a small world you know um it's it boggles my mind that Morgan wouldn't try to go back and say, "Hey, what's going on with Rick and his crew? Like, wh- what did I miss?" You know, uh, he knows they're still there. So that's kind of my gripe: is the universe has gotten so big that they kind of are so far all over the place that while the United States is big, 
uh, and there are zombies, you'd think that people would start running into each other, or you'd run into other groups. Oh, uh, if the if the the uh, the I forget the group that that was in the world beyond the uh, the bad guys. I can't remember what they were called. I'm, I'm drawing oh, a blank. Um, C C R M. C R M. If the CRM was that big that they've got helicopters flying all over the place and they've had communities and this, that, and the other thing, you'd think that, you know, things like nuclear missiles going off would affect them, too. And, it, <laughs> like, it, it, again, it is what it is. Uh, I enjoy it for what it is. I try not to think too hard about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. That's probably the right approach with uh, some of their stuff. Um Here's an interesting one. Back to video game land here. The day before beta, so the day before, I should rewind here, is this sort of like MMO survival game that a lot of people are thinking is fake, but the developers are saying it's real, has been delayed constantly, had a copyright issue that has kind of set it back as well. Um, It has reemerged following, uh, I guess it was a calendar app that I had an issue with. Uh, the day before was trademarked by a software company um, for their calendar app. So uh, that's why it was removed from Steam. But they're going to have a beta coming very soon, which, you know, in that regard would allow people to get their hands on it and really prove if this is indeed a real, uh, a real experience. Um, now, this is ahead of its November 10th uh, release date, which they do say will will still happen. Um the game will be called something different, I assume, but who knows? They might've worked out a deal with the calendar app. True. True. Maybe with every purchase, you get a calendar app subscription. Um, you know, this is, and this isn't even them talking on, on steam. This is, this is them, uh, talking in their official discord, I guess, where they're saying, no, no, it's, it's happening. The beta is coming soon. It's, it's in my mind, like, it's pretty much hearsay, but but again, this game has been so interesting to follow, uh, not only for its, frankly, really cool-looking gameplay, but um, just the wild development process that it's had. Like, uh, games get delayed, don't get me wrong, that's fine, but not not in this typical fashion of, like, copyright issues and all kinds of, uh, kinds of weird stuff. So, yeah. They say it's a real game, and people will see the truth when the beta launches uh, later this year. Uh, Lou, are you going to be checking out this to-be-determined game title? Um, if it goes into a beta, a public beta, where I can try it before I buy it, I might try it because it's zombie-related. But uh, I wouldn't hold you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait on bated breath for this. Yeah. I've got so much other crap to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, as well as replay something that we're going to talk about tonight. So. Yes, of course. Uh, speaking of other stuff you could play, uh, Dead Island 2 has launched. Uh, if you're wondering, hey, why why aren't we talking about that? Um, good reason. It's it's not something that is... Uh, I mean, we've talked about it before. We're going to talk about it now. It's a very expensive game, uh, and it's getting, uh, you know, middling reviews, I think, is probably like, you know... Yeah, Ryan and I uh, had talked about this uh, post-show, I think, last week. And we agreed that if like the reviews came out and it was like 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10 across the board, that we would probably one of us would bite the bullet and buy it. But whereas it's middling and we liked the original, but we weren't 
like huge fans. I recently tried to replay it and it didn't play as smooth as I remember. Mm-hmm. It was fine. So I really wasn't like super jumping at the bit to play this. So and it goes on sale, maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah. I think it's definitely a, a sale uh game for me. I'll I will definitely be waiting for a sale because I I mean like we've talked about here before. It's uh before taxes, I think between ninety and a hundred dollars on on next current generation consoles. And I think it's also an epic exclusive on PC, so yeah and now mind you you mentioned pc uh i'm just looking here i'll we'll include this link in the show notes to the opencritic.com website but some of these critic reviews like pc gamer does say that it's got great performance on pc so that's a bonus because honestly um and pc gamer is great because they'll they'll call it if they see a bad port because that's that's their sole purpose is to let pc gamers know like hey this console port not so hot We've had a lot of issues there, specifically uh, with, you know, most recently The Last of Us Part 1 remake. So it's nice to see that at least the PC performance is is pretty great. So that's good. That's a bonus. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, some some reviews from IGN saying, you know, it's a it's it's funny, creative, has a great sense of humor. Uh, although a little disappointing to hear from Eurogamer that uh, the California setting is not really used to its best potential, which is unfortunate because that is such a cool place to set your zombie, um, your zombie video game, right? So yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I wanted to touch on it because you know I didn't want to ignore the fact that the game came out, but it, it is obviously not something we're uh, we're looking at uh, at this time. But you know what? If Lou and I uh, get our hands on it. Um, we will certainly bring it to the show. Lou, uh, let's get into some Resident Evil news. And before we do that, I want to clear the palette with a bit of a clip for you. Biohazard Death Island. Definitely going on vacation after this. So, Lou, um, Death Island, the, the new, not to be confused with Dead Island, this is Death Island different islands uh this is resident evil death island the follow-up to the last uh cg series slash movie that we watched on netflix a couple years ago and this got a new trailer featuring and showing off all of the all of the original cast uh characters you've got chris redfield adventure yep yeah claire jill um rebecca chambers and leon so all five and 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 it and it looks like it's supposed to be canon with the current run of the games. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the other movies. Although there's some weirdness. So here's here's the, there's always say, some weirdness in these movies. There's some weirdness. So the weirdness here is that um all of so Jill and Rebecca have not aged a day. And I I I wanted to find the article, but supposedly there's an article out there saying that no, they haven't aged a day because they've been infected by the T virus or a version of the T virus that uh, stops them from aging. So there's that. <laughs> yep. um, although, you know, Chris and, and Leon and uh, am I? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So Claire, Jill and Rebecca are, are not aging. And we do know, yeah, they were infected, but Leon was also infected. But I guess maybe he was infected in Resident Evil 4. So it doesn't. Although he was infected cured. with something different. Yeah. True. He was infected, infected with Las with Las Pagas. Right, that's so, yeah, completely different. It's completely different. <laughs> okay, and Chris has just been fine? He's never been infected? Yeah. 
as far as you know <laughs> not as far as i know um i mean i look i i would have been i would have been fine if their answer was we just wanted to uh include all these characters as they were found in their most popular version of the game so you've got jill looking like she's straight out of the re2 remake or, or sorry the re3 remake you've got claire looking like she was taken right from the re2 remake leon from re4 chris from re village and rebecca from re0 and and again like if you just said no we wanted to you know pay homage to their original or their most recent slash popular outing uh you know that's that makes sense to me but they they obviously did not go honestly man honestly man it's resident evil i try not to think too hard about it yeah you you're not doing that a lot with zombie stuff you're not thinking too hard about uh the walking dead you're not thinking too hard about (laughs) resident evil i mean i don't blame you no i mean resident evil has a lot of games i mean there's what now there's that we're up to eight with the village and then they've remade a bunch of them and there's so many little games that i know you haven't played but i have like gun survivor one and gun survivor two and there's there's so much stuff that like they try to capcom always tries to ham fist all this stuff together and it never quite works so if they show me some jill and i'm like yeah she should look 40 now not 25 all right i just i tried i just shrug it off if if i thought too hard about it i really wouldn't like anything true especially in this genre you don't want to think yeah. too hard uh, i know i i feel you i feel you um that being said like i i think the trailer looks really cool it looks like fun campy resident evil uh awesome I mean, this is and, yeah. and all honesty none of these cg movies have been amazing I think the first one they did was really good. And then the second one they did after that was kind of like, meh. And then the, the one after that was even worse than that one. And then the one they did on Netflix last year or the year before, I know it was during the pandemic that it came out. That was broken into six episodes. And we, I know we covered it on the show. Um, that one was fine, but it didn't really do anything. Like it was really kind of boring mostly mm-hmm. it was fun to watch it made me wish it was a video game you know i thought i would have enjoyed it more if it was a video game rather than a a, a, a six-part 20-minute episode tv show um so i mean it is what it is uh, so but this looks better than what we've seen in the past so i'm hoping fingers crossed that this is going to be better than what we've been what we've been getting yeah i i think it is really cool to include like these five characters and and this is also the first time we've seen jill and leon in the same canon experience so uh, although or maybe the first time they've been seen on screen together because i I assume they would have been in re6 together but maybe not on screen together i I don't know i think jill was in re6 wasn't she uh jill was not in re6 Oh wow! Um, and they had everyone in there. In, but she was in RE five with Chris as a bad guy, right? She was being yes. under control. She was under control by Wesker, and she was a bad guy. Yeah, let's see. Jill Valentine, Resident Evil six. Uh, oh, she, maybe she was still a bad guy. No, maybe she's not. not. She's changed after five. Oh, you're right. Chris she's rescues even... her. 
She's not in six. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a this is a very old IGN article. Last updated June tenth. So far, we have not seen her in Resident Evil Six. I'll go with Lou. He's the better source here. Um, yeah. So this, I, we still don't have a release date. They're still saying summer, I believe. Um, yep. And we don't know how we'll be able to watch it. I I don't think it's coming to Netflix, or else we would have we would have seen that by now. We would have seen the marketing for it. Yeah. Uh, unless they pick it up. But uh, let's continue with Resident Evil news with the fact that I wanted to get this out of the way because we are going to talk about the Resident Evil 4 remake, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to have this discussion ahead of what we played, which was microtransaction free. So a bit of a surprise here. The Resident Evil 4 remake has microtransactions now for seven dollars Canadian you can jump into Steam and you can purchase the uh, exclusive upgrade ticket as many times as you want. So, which is something you earn as a as a premium in the main game. I think I only got one. But it's I haven't gotten one yet because I used my stuff to buy other things to upgrade my other weapons. Um, and I bought maps because there's you can hot buy the treasure maps as you play yep. through the game. Um. And so I wasted my money, my my special uh, gems on those rather than saving up for the ticket because I did at the rate the game gives you money in the beginning. I wasn't sure if I was going to get any gun close to that by the time I finished. So I spent it on other things rather than trying to save up for that. Yeah, I think you get in your first playthrough, you get a, an exclusive upgrade ticket just like, hey, here you go. Use it on no, whatever weapon you, you don't. Want. So how you did don't. I get it? Did I buy it then? Maybe you must have bought it. You must have had 30. So there you was two 30. I think you could buy. Because uh, I remember there was another one that was like 40 gems and I wasn't able to, to save it up. No, the, 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 41, the 40 gem one, you don't need to max out everything else to get it. You buy it and you automatically gain access to it. To what? To the, to the, 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 the ultimate, ultimate mode in the gun with the gun. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that. That's what the virtual ticket, the, the virtual ticket, that's what the ticket does. Right, it it unlocks. No, the forty the forty ticket does it without you having to max out the gun. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying, I did get the ticket in the game without. I think. Yeah, I got the ticket. I used it. I was able to upgrade something without. I think you could buy two. You could buy. I bought the thirty one. I was unable to buy the forty one, but I did yeah. not have to buy everything to unlock the. Um, that's what the ticket does. So the ticket allows you to unlock the uh, ultimate power of a weapon, which would only be offered to you if you had bought all the upgrades ahead of time. Yes. And you still need a ticket to unlock it. No, I think you can pay for it. No, you do. You, uh, no, you don't. You need a ticket to unlock it. Oh, OK. Because I had two. I've got the, the Punisher gun maxed out except for that and i still need a ticket to get to, to buy the ultimate thing and i've had more than enough money to buy it and the option is not available to me till i buy a ticket mm. yeah so uh so you've got the exclusive upgrade tickets can be obtained by trading um the, I clicked, the, I clicked on it so trading the gems uh yeah. so so here's the thing you need wow you need 70 spinels in total to get both the exclusive upgrade ticket 30 is needed for the first one, while the second one requires 40. So there are two that you can earn. Yep, and the, the second spinals. one, you don't need to max out the gun. The 41 lets you gain access to that, buy, the ability to buy that um, without maxing out the gun. So if 
uh, like the Punisher that I keep using, it lets it when you max it out and you buy, use a ticket, it lets you the bullets pe- of your pistol pass through five guys at once. Um, yeah, which is what I and, did mine with. Right. Yeah. And if you had the 40 ticket, you didn't need to max out the gun to gain access to that. You use the ticket and whatever the cost of that upgrade was, and you get access to it without needing to buy all the other upgrades. Yeah, so the exclusive upgrade ticket allows you to unlock the exclusive effect of a weapon without having to unlock all of the weapons upgrades, which is super yep. helpful. Um, it is, it is, but man, I'm not paying real money to unlock crap in a game. <laughs> yeah, I, so, yeah. Once you, like, I've, I'm on my second playthrough, and um, I carried over about 15 gems, and I'm only in chapter three, and I'm like two gems shy of being able to buy a ticket. So this playthrough, I'm probably going to be able to buy a lot of tickets. Yeah, and I mean, that's the idea, right? Is that uh, the idea was always to use your multiple playthroughs to get more powerful weapons to make your playthroughs faster and yeah. using those upgrade tickets to to speed up that process. I mean, like, personally, here's my thoughts on it. These are optional microtransactions. Capcom always does this stuff. And you're right. Well, a lot of companies do. You know, it's not just Capcom. Um, there are a lot of companies that are, that are, are, I wouldn't say guilty. They do it. You know, it, it is a thing that people do. Uh, I think for me, it's optional. And we've already seen that Capcom is willing to add free content specifically to this game with the Mercenaries mode that was added for free post-launch. Um and hopefully we'll get the Ada Wong content, which was, uh, I wouldn't say cut from the remake, but it was added in the PlayStation version after the exclusivity of the GameCube version ran out, um, which is like a sort of a side story showing what Ada Wong was doing throughout the game. So that could also be added post-launch. Uh, possibly is, I'm not saying it hasn't been confirmed, but if they were to add that as free DLC, I think they could point to these microtransactions as the way of funding that content. I don't know if they'll do that for sure. I imagine we'll get more paid DLC for this one. Um, not microtransactions, but... I'm absolutely sure we will. This this thing is sold better than pretty much everything they've done in a while, so... Mm-hmm. It's done really, really well. So, uh, well, you know what? Without further delay, let us get into the topic. Zombie Topic of the Week. Where's everyone going? Bingo? Lou, I don't know. Um, are you? Is that where you're going? Are you going to bingo? No. Oh, okay. No, uh, yeah, I had to. I had to grab something quick before we started recording. I'm like, you know what? My favorite line. <laughs> well, I have a lot of favorite lines that Le- of Leon's. It's almost like he's got this nervous, you know, I got to make a joke here, even though like we're all about to almost got killed or, you know, it's it's very much like an extension of the Jill sandwich line, right? He still makes these. He still makes corny dialogue, but his corny dialogue is not nearly as corny as it is in the original version. Yeah, they like, punch like, it up like he has like an awkward sense of humor where things go wrong and he's like, well, and he makes a sarcastic comment. Whereas in the other one, there's like a, he makes the comment and they pause for the applause. You know what I mean? 
in the in the original version, it almost feels like they're waiting for you to stop laughing before the, the before the game continues. And I'm like, uh, and and the this store shop the shopkeeper guy is still in this game, but man, is his dialogue less corny too? Yeah, yeah. Some people were saying that he doesn't say "What are you buying?" but I'm pretty sure he says "What are you buying." He says it, but he says it in a different way. Uh, like I just set up shop. What can you buy? What can what like like he has? It's not just what are you buying? It's like it's included in a line of dialogue. Oh, I'll buy it at a high price. I know he says he, that. He says that, but he says it in a different way. I know. You know I what know. I mean? So I, I so understand. It's, but it, again, I. I knew I was going to like this, especially after I played the, 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 the chainsaw demo. Um, but I was really impressed by the fact that I, I, I've talked about this on the show before. I tried replaying the original game a while back and the controller, the controls weren't as smooth as the resident evil Two remake. Um, they were similar, but they were different enough that it bothered me. Um, it didn't flow as good as I remember. It was it, it was fine, but everything was kind of the same color. And like, I just didn't enjoy it the sec the, trying to play it after like five or six years. You know what I mean? And I sat down with this and, you know, if I had had the free time, I probably would have done it in one go. Um, overall, it took me about 15 hours to do my first playthrough. Uh, but you know, that's cause I have to pause and go take care of a kid every once in a while. I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, like, like, here's the thing. So this, um, th- the remake here, which just came out in March, uh, March, I think it launched March 24th. Uh, it, it is a remake of a game that originally launched way back in 2005. So nearly 20 years ago, uh, it released yeah, on it's just shy. Yeah. It was a uh, GameCube. And I mean, I know we've talked, maybe talked about this previously, but I remember playing it on GameCube and I remember when it was announced as an exclusive for GameCube, a lot of people were like, whoa, what are we doing here? This isn't the, this isn't the Nintendo we know. I think it was part of like a project, like the Capcom five or something. Yeah. Um, Beautiful Joe. Beautiful Joe. Um, And then there was like two other games or three other games. Yeah. I think Beautiful Joe and, and Resident Evil four were the two big ones. There was another one. There was like a space shooting rhythm game i'm trying i can see it in my head but i can't yeah, remember what it's was, called capcom was doing some interesting stuff then yeah yeah that kind of makes me want to dig up beautiful joe but uh it's been a while um so anyways this is a remake of resident Evil 4 which came out on a lot of plat name a platform that released after the gamecube or around the gamecube it came out on that system it was on gamecube it was on ps2 it was on 360 it was on uh playstation 3 it was on uh i think it's on playstation 4 as well yeah. um uh, uh uh it's on pc uh there's uh there's a i think it's on switch yeah uh name a console and resident evil for the original is pretty much on that system at some point exactly exactly so so i mean this was pretty much a guaranteed moneymaker um, as soon as they launch it. And I will say this. When I first started playing it, it does unfold a little differently than the original, the start. But as soon as you get into the village p- 
portion in the chain where the chainsaw demo begins, that whole area is set up almost exactly as the original, like to the point where it's freaky how close it is to the original. Um, and then once you stray outside that area, that's where things start to change. Um, you go into the next area where this it, it's the first area where there's like the blue gems that yeah the blue token set up by the shopkeeper that you can shoot to win stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that whole area is it's similar, but it's just different enough that you're like, oh, this is a little different. Um, and every area beyond that, it's everything is familiar enough that you kind of get where you're going, but it's not the same. Uh, everything is much more streamlined. Uh, the original game, the later half of the game, the I, I'd say the la- the la- the third act of the game, I guess. Um, everything is super long. Like it, you, you feel like you should be rushing to get to the end, and the areas are just like, all right, keep going, all right, keep going. Oh my god, when am I gonna get to the boss fight? And in this, there's a whole chapter that's just a boss fight, or almost a whole area that's just a boss fight. Yeah. No, they, they really take the opportunity to uh, tighten up the experience. Like, not only do they have redesigned visuals, uh, characters, casting, gameplay mechanics, but they've also, like, looked at the plot and been like, okay, it's this... Look, if you look at, you know, beginning, middle, end, it's the same as the first game. But the journey is just... it's a, it's a a It makes more sense to me. Like, it doesn't feel as meandering, you know? The boat stuff is better. Um, yeah. uh, the boat stuff is better. Um, they've added more guns, which I thought was interesting. Because um, I believe at one point you get access to... Uh, Leon always has access to the TMP submachine gun. And uh, later on he gains access to the MP5. And I do not think the MP5 is in the original game. Or at least not in the GameCube version. It, I think it might have been added in um, one of the other later enhanced editions or something like that. Um, but in general, it's just everything's. Uh, there's another. There's a new sniper rifle. That, it's basically an assault rifle. I tried that for a while. Didn't like it. Um, uh, Ashley is less annoying. Uh, She's smart enough to get out of your way. Um, in the original game, there was always buckets for you to stick her in so that she was out of the way. It, like, like it was kind of a joke. Everywhere you'd go, there'd be like a trash bin for her to get in or a locker to get in or something. And in this game, there's only two portions of the game where that actually comes into play, maybe three. Yeah. And wh- two of them, I didn't even use it. And one of them, I did. Yeah, a couple of boss arena areas, I believe. Uh, there, there was a boss. There was like a boss fight, and I stuck her in the locker just so that she was out of the way, so I could do the boss fight. Yeah, I think there was um there was a, a the two I remember is where you're fighting the the dual chainsaw ladies, and then and and it's very clear like um here's here's the locker. I think maybe in the in the original game it was like a design. How do we how do we figure out a way to mitigate like our bad ai for this character or not bad ai but just the ai that was developed at the time in 2005 they knew that the, the uh having to escort somebody is not always fun no 
I mean, well, escort quests or whatever, where you're like guiding people through an experience, it's they're notorious, you know, and they've never really come. They've come back lately with, you know, The Last of Us and God of War, where you have like an AI character that is following you around, but is but is capable of of defending themselves or or is not like the critical thing for Resident Evil 4 was that Ashley that was part of the gameplay is that Ashley would be picked up by enemies and carried away. And that, and that resulted in a game over Um, or she got hurt. And and that also resulted in a game over. So it made sense to be like, okay, how do we, how do we allow the player to basically, she had her, she had her own hit, hit point meter. Right. In the original. And that's not in this. No, she just kind Um, of, I think it gets incapacitated and then you have to like help her up. Yeah. And, and, and it's not even the first time uh, it's like the dudes have to literally carry her off and then you have to knock her out of their hands and then she's incapacitated. But if they, if you wing her with a bullet or whatever, she just says, Hey, you know what I mean? Like it was, this was much more streamlined to, to play better. Um, Some of the puzzles were exactly the same. Like, at one point, you end up in the church to rescue her at, a, I, I think it's like chapter five or six or whatever. And literally, the puzzle is the red, green, and blue thing that you have to turn and flash a light through. And, like, that is exactly the same as it was in the original game. Yeah, the stained glass puzzle, right? Yeah, the stained glass puzzle was exactly the same. Um uh, that whole cemetery portion is a little different, though. Um, some of it's the same, some of it's different. Um, in general, everything everything just flows better. Um, I can't say at any point that I go, "Oh man, uh, this sucks." Uh, I had I had a ball. There were a couple portions of the game that felt kind of hard. Um, there were a couple of portions of the game that felt a little too easy. Um, yeah. The the only portion of the game I would say I didn't quite enjoy, um, is a portion of the game where Ashley runs a a wrecking ball in a in a, a oh, yeah. in a thing. That portion of the game was okay, but I found when I got to that area, I was really low on ammo, um, and so I was trying to kill the guys as fast as I could so that I could pick up more ammo to kill more bad guys. And uh, I had to do that portion of the game about four times before I, before I got through it. It's not that it was hard. It was that the prior area, I wasted a little too much ammo. Yeah. I had to do that one a couple times and I think it came down to, um, I think I died a couple times. It was, it was nothing like the fail state wasn't, you know, Ashley being interrupted. And no, I, I, there's that and then after that portion that you're in a uh, there was one section of the game I thought was super obnoxious I had to do it 20 times before I got it right there's a portion of the game where uh, Ashley has to open lift up a bridge so you can run over the bridge go flip a switch so that it swaps the power area and then you have to run back to her and every time I did it she always got grabbed by the dude bef- as I was on the bridge, and as soon as she lets go, <laughs> it drops you into the- drops you into the pit, and you die. Oh no! Okay, I remember that section, but um, I just stayed was- on the other side and shot through the the sort of the window areas. I tried that, but they always seemed to grab her, 
or there's a one of those I forget what they're called, but those things that have the 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 heartbeat things you have to yeah. shoot the thing inside them. One of them would always grab me, and I would have to fight it or fight the guys off of her, and I couldn't do both. So I eventually learned to the path to race to the other side of the bridge before the dudes grab her. Right, mm-hmm. and pro tip. If you do that and she lets go of the bridge, they time it so that she lets go of the bridge as that thing is chasing you and it drops through the pit and you never have to fight it. Oh, and is this before you get the bioscanner? Uh, I think you get the bioscanner, but you don't actually have to do the fight with it. Oh. With well, the bioscanner. Nice. Yeah. The So here's the thing. For me, as I was playing this, um, there were specific moments where I'm like, I remember this specific moment from when I originally played it. And it brings back that immediate nostalgia of, of Resident Evil four. And then it's just different enough that you go, Oh yeah. Well that as well. But like, I also feel like there were moments in the game where I'm like, I don't remember this at all. Was this in the original? Like um, there's a section where you play as Ashley and I, and I really enjoyed that, that break in the gameplay. There is a portion in the original game where you do play as Ashley Mm-hmm. But it was not nearly as fun as it was in this version. Yeah, I love I love her. Uh, all her dialogue is great in those moments. Yeah. Um, she there's a moment where she's like she has to crawl through a bunch of frozen statues, and she's like, "Please don't move! Please don't move! Please don't move!" And it's just, it was really well done. Like all of the all of the script changes they did for this one were were good across the board. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, this is getting right to the end, but I don't remember Wesker having sort of an appearance at the end of the game in the yeah, first one. I yeah, know he, he probably does. like, like I said, beginning, middle, end, it's all the same, right? At the end of the game, it's clear that Wesker is the guy on the other end of the phone from uh, 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 Ada, and they literally are hinting at five at the end of the game. That's literally kind of the conversation. Um. Uh, so since we're jumping towards the end, I will say um, I realized that th- there is a clear point in the game where there's a shopkeeper and they make it clear to you that this is going to be the last time you see the shopkeeper before the end of the game. And I had a bunch of money and I was contemplating whether or not I was going to upgrade my guns for the final fight. So far, most of the boss fights, there's only one or two that were different from the original. Um, I the fight with the the little dude, uh, uh, Salazar or whatever, mm-hmm. that fight felt very different to me than the original. Um, yeah, and, it did, uh, didn't it? Yeah, now that you mention it, he, he, I remember him being like a three headed thing that you had to like that was like on a platform and you had to run back and forth. And I remember it being a pain in the butt that it was never hard, but it was a really pain in the butt. And this time around, it took me two dies before I realized what I was doing wrong. And then I took him out. Yeah. Um, and, um, that portion of the game was different, but when I got to the end and I realized the showdown, most of the final fights or the boss fights had been really close to the original. And I remembered that the original game there's like an, there's like three eyes, one's on a hand, and I remember it being a nightmare. Um, it, not that it was hard, it was just time consuming, and the guy was kind of like a bullet sponge. And yeah. um, and so that last shopkeeper, I looked in my inventory, and I was really low on ammo, 
but I had enough inventory space to buy that rocket launcher for 80000 <laughs> And I went, I can buy the rocket launcher or I can buy upgrades for my gun. And I thought, well, if I buy the rocket launcher, I at least can take out one of those eyes on his hand at the end with like one shot, as long as I make the shot. I could probably take out one of those and that will jump me right to um that will jump me one step closer to to, to the to the end of the game. And right. pro tip, definitely buy the rocket launcher at that point. Yeah. Um no no no. One shot, I hit the eyeball on his hand, and it counted as a death to all of the eyeballs. That fight jumped straight to the point where Ada throws you another rocket launcher, you shoot the thing in the center, and the game was over. I finished the final boss in no exaggeration, one try, and it took me less than 60 seconds. Wow. It took me a lot longer <laughs> than 60 seconds. Uh, uh, like, I literally finished it and was like, wait, that's it? He's dead? Oh, you did it's rocket over? launcher him. I mean. Uh, he, I was like, I, he got double rocket launchered. I was like, what? That's it? Are you crazy? Literally, I had magnum rounds at that point, and so it swaps to that center eye thing, and I just whipped out the magnum, I emptied the magnum into him, and then Ada throws you a rocket launcher, and I shot him again with a rocket launcher, and the game was over. And I was like, oh, well, that that was quick. And I've always hated the boat portion at the end, the Ski-Doo escape. In the original game, it's so stupid. Like, like one mistake and boom, you're dead. One mistake and boom, you're dead. And they gave you like a hit point meter of damage. So you didn't have to do it in one try. And everything is way more telegraphed than it was in the original game. The original game, like you had to die like five times till you memorized the pattern. And I did the jet ski escape at the end in one try. There you go. Yeah, I think they improved a lot upon like the um, the sort of uh, vehicle traversal with the boat. Uh, there's a section where you're going through the boat and boat and the lake, and then yep. the the sea do experience. I remember really enjoying uh, here in the remake, and you know they just they modernize a lot of the gameplay as well. They took out all the quick time events. Thank God, that was one of the things that I always hated about the original game. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not against quick time events, but it felt like the original game made everything a quick time event. They were excessive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, they you know, they they do a lot of of good here. And there's a reason this game is full price. You know, it is it is a it is it's a worth big game. every penny. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I played it on PC um, and also tested it out on the on the Steam Deck. Uh, from time to time and it you know it runs uh it, you know not as flawlessly as it would on on current generation hardware but it, it runs quite well on the steam deck for like a handheld pc you know i played it on the tv using the steam deck and i had no issues yeah i mean you're not hitting 60 frames but you're you're getting a good experience i tweak the game when it runs on my steam deck so it only plays at 30 frames anyway yeah yeah and um and it doesn't run as high res it, it, I mean, technically, the Steam Deck is more powerful than my laptop, but my laptop was playing it at a better resolution. Yeah. Yeah, it comes down to, like, what kind of video hardware it has in there and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, 
I I want to see Capcom continue, and I I think we will definitely see Capcom continue with with their remakes. I wouldn't be surprised if Code Veronica or RE Five was uh, in the, the works. The rumor the rumor is Five is already in the works, and that they are going to do Code Veronica. That's the rumor. Yeah, and you know anyone wondering, oh man, do they really need to do Five? Uh, I think this yes. proves that. Yes, you know, there is there is gameplay, visuals, writing, all that fun stuff that can be can be modernized in a, in a really, really great remake. I think like what Capcom is doing with their Resident Evil games um, with their remakes is I think it's the best it's it's the best remakes that are being done. Uh, I, I don't think I can't think of another you know, any other remakes that come close to what Capcom's done with RE2, 3, and 4, this is, like, kind of the example to look to. Um, and Absolutely. You know, some people have mentioned maybe, like, an RE1 slash 0 remake, uh, going back to those titles. Uh, I, I mean, now that we've gotten the RE4 remake, it's kind of like the argument of, like, well, why would you do an RE1 remake when they did it on GameCube and we got an e- HD remaster of that? I, I think like there's a lot of there's a lot of room there, and I think in terms of if they did an RE one remake, I think they would have to include zero as one game. Yeah, they're they're shorter, right? And I yeah, and I would be a okay with that. Um, just because the world is the the maps aren't nearly as big as they are as in like Resident Evil two remake and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that would be fine. I, I'm sure that those games would be awesome. Um, but I don't think that I think Capcom's in a rush to get to five and six because those are the ones that kind of didn't sell quite as good as the original. Yeah, as I, I, I think five was like really well regarded for its co-op, but like kind of uh, it, it got some points knocked off for like kind of its uh, story and like it was pretty nonsensical. The story, I think, like I I mean, everyone thinks of um the uh chris punching rocks uh <laughs> there's some quick time events in that one too where he's literally like you have to punch rocks um yeah and uh i think someone someone had posted a clip on i saw this on twitter where it was like if you think re5 doesn't need to be remade watch this clip and it's um it's that typical like co-op moment where you're waiting for your your partner to come so that you can progress the level so it's like one of yeah. the characters gets a, there and is constantly spamming repeating Come on, come on, come on, run, come on, come on. And then the other character is running over and finally gets there. And then that character starts doing it too. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, this could probably use. I mean, it's like probably the worst clip to pull. But honestly, like, if RE4 can get a remake, I feel like you could apply. I mean, even RE3, like, the fact that they remade RE3 is, is, they're going in order, you know? And, I, they skipped Code Veronica because the order should have been RE3, Code Veronica, then then four. Um, do you think there's a chance, Lou, that they're developing them sort of in tandem like they did with two and three? Or or do you think they're doing one at a time now? I think that that's what's going to happen. I think they probably got two teams and we will definitely get one a year before the other. OK, so you're thinking we get an announcement next year, like 2024? I think we're going to get an announcement probably by the end of this year, the beginning of next year that we got RE five coming and then probably six months after RE five is announced. And they're talking about, um, 
they're talking about uh, uh, when five is going to launch. I guarantee we get a Code Veronica. Um, of any, of all the games, Code Veronica is kind of the one that needs a remake. Yeah, it's similar to RE two and three. It was in that era where they were beloved, but like to revisit them now would would probably be a bit painful. Um, and for some reason, I feel like Code Veronica was less obtainable. Like it was a Dreamcast exclusive. It was a Dreamcast game, time. and then they later put it out on PS two. Okay. So for me, that would have been impossible to play because I, I never owned uh, a, a Dreamcast or a PlayStation 2. Um, but I remember people really enjoying Code Veronica. You know, uh, it's got its quirks and problems as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I I will continue to look forward to what Capcom does with their remakes. I think that uh, they still got a few more to mine there. Um, there's no I don't think they need to be in any rush to get them all done i take your time for sure there's also rumors been floating around that they're already starting the planning stages for nine. Oh yeah i would imagine although i never played did you play the dlc for village like uh did that sort did of like not. wrap it up i did not i've been meaning to pick it up um but i just haven't gotten around to it yeah because it felt pretty um like finishing the chapter on ethan winters you know kind of thing yeah but that being said, like, uh, there's always more characters that they can can introduce. I still find it so bra- brave of them. Like, you have this franchise of, like, these beloved Resident Evil characters, and you just create a, a new sort of faceless protagonist with Ethan Winters. Um, for Capcom to kind of do that, it's, it's, it's a bit, I'll say it, like, I think it's um, pretty gutsy of them, you know, because they have so many they can pull. You know, let's... Let's do a let's do another Leon game. Let's do another Jill game. And then they eventually brought Chris in, you know, for both seven and eight. But um, I mean, I don't even like Chris is kind of like a a weird. He's kind of like part. He's kind of kind of a bad guy a little bit. I mean, he at the end of the day, he he proves to be the good guy across the board, I think, in in seven and eight. But like there's a bit of misdirect there, I think, at the in his DLC for seven and um, portions of eight. But um, yeah, it, yeah. the 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 implication I've always got from seven and eight is that not that not that Chris is the bad guy, but he's seen Umbrella get away with so much crap at this point that he's like, like, do I even bother anymore? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think uh, we both really enjoyed Resident Evil 4 Remake. And honestly, if you have not picked it up yet, uh, now is a perfect time to to get to it because it is it is a really good experience. So if you enjoyed Resident Evil 4, this remake is for you. You know, they've changed just enough here and modernized it enough that it is worth the replay, even if you replayed it countless times. So um, definitely check it out. Uh, coming up on Zamp, though, over the next uh, couple episodes, we've got a zombie movie discussion. We're going to take a break from video games and get back to the movies with Wormwood Apocalypse, the follow up to uh, was it just Wormwood? The first one? Is that what it yeah. was called? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we really enjoyed that one. And a sequel was, le- was released, I think, a couple of years ago. And uh, we're like, hey, no, no not even it, it, it's it's like, it's less it's like less than a year old. Oh, well, there you go. Well, we're still playing catch up because you, you, I think when we saw the trailer, we're like, it, oh, came we... out, it, it came out in 2022, I believe. Oh, OK. Well, that's not too bad. 
So we're going to watch that one on the next episode, get some movies in before we return to television because AMC will have Fear the Walking Dead back on the air very soon. So we'll talk about the uh, premiere or first few episodes of the final season of Fear the Walking Dead. So lots of fun to look forward to. Uh, Lou, before we exit the show, we have some listener feedback. And this is an email from Angela. I have an idea for a topic. Unlikely jobs that'd be great to have in case of a zombie apocalypse. For example, I am a cleaning lady. I have a small company with over 30 clients. I have access to all of their homes by keys and codes. I roughly know what they have on hand and what they regularly keep stock of. I know how many people live in these homes and pets, if any. So I feel like if it should happen I and I need to stock up, I can go to these places first, as most of them are within walking distance. Um, also, some are closer to out of town, so it might be a better place to travel to eventually. While I'm cleaning, I'm listening to you guys and always thinking about what to do if it happens where I'm at, uh, a client's house. And as a mom, I'd assume my first thing would be to get home to my boys. So, Lou... I thought that it was a great question. Uh, what uh, profession? I think in this case, well, you know, obviously there's a, there's a lot of professions like, oh, I'll be a gun store owner or I'll be I'll be at a food factory, you know, like uh, not necessarily like a. a, a I a, work from home, so that's I'm true. at an advantage. Yo, you're at an um, advantage. I'm at an advantage. Um, my, my kid goes to daycare. The daycare is literally five minutes, less, less than a five minute ride down the road. Um, in recent years, um, literally walking distance from my home is a gun store and survival surplus store. Same store. They sell both. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, when we bought this home and we moved out here where I live, this store didn't exist. Um, it got built. And my father-in-law literally joked when he saw what it was. Did you plan this? <laughs> yes. I All and, planned. Um, and um, he and I have been in that store. And my exact words to him, he was like, you should go over there and buy some of this stuff. And I said, no, it's down the street. If the world falls apart, this is the first place I'm raiding. <laughs> I don't need to stock up for an emergency now. I'll just come here and kick in the and, and and kick in the doors and and take things when the world falls apart. Yeah, but you'd also think like that store would be the first to either be heavily fortified or looted, right? Like, um, you would think, but no. Um, okay. there's also five gun ranges within a five minute ride from my house. Of course. So yeah. Um, uh, you forget. I live in a state where guns are pretty prominent here you've got um, guns covered for sure i've got guns i've got guns covered uh, uh so there's there's two there's five gun ranges within a five minute ride of my house there's a walmart and uh uh that sells guns um and uh pretty much anything i would want is within a five minute ride from my house and within 20 minutes i can be in nowhere's land where there's like the nearest home is like two miles from you. Like mm. I live on the border of living in nowheresville. Not too shabby. Yeah. Like work from home is uh, obviously 
not necessarily a profession, but a location of your job that has kind of cropped up more recently with the with the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I also work from home and I know a lot of people who work from home. And I think it comes down to maybe not the most um, defensible location, but also like it removes that commute because you see that a lot in in zombie content where it's like, oh, you know, when it when it happened, I was, you know, I, I work an hour and a half away. So getting back home was like very difficult because all the highways were blocked out. So like working from home or close to home gives you an advantage in terms of protecting your loved ones and, and maybe getting back home to um, to where you might have supplies uh, either stashed or, or just in general have supplies there. So like I think work from home is one of those locations of like, OK, maybe four years ago we wouldn't have really thought about that. But now it's uh, it comes in handy. Um, I like, you know, the idea of like a profession, you know, uh, an unlikely job that would come in handy. I think like, uh, you know, cleaning company, that's an interesting one. Like, again, you kind of have your, your knowledge of the town. Like, I, I think if you were to think like of places, you know, in town where you work, where you live, and maybe some of your favorite spots to visit, you know, you don't have a lot in the same vein of. Uh, a cleaning person. Um, there's always the pool guy. Um, the pool guy. My dad. My, my dad lives down south, and the pool guys had keys to his his gate to get into his backyard and all that fun stuff for years when he had a pool. So, um, you know, it would be very easy for somebody that's a pool guy to get into other people's homes or whatever to get away from zombies. Um, it would give you options. Um, in general. Uh, I think I think everybody has a some kind of tactical advantage. Um, you know, uh, somebody might work in the Walmart hunting and fishing department, so they'd have the skills to know where and how to use those those things. Um, I, I live in a pretty rural community, so I've learned to do a lot of home repair and a, ho- a whole lot of stuff that I haven't needed to do. St- that you I, normally someone might hire a contractor. I've learned to do a lot of that stuff myself. So in an emergency situation where we need to fortify the house or make changes or say we live someplace and something breaks, I know I had no I have the basic skills enough to fix basic things, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Yeah. Like, and, and that's that, that, that's another I think another uh I mean, the the core here being unlikely jobs, I think, like, you know, yeah. a, a craftsman or a tradesman would be a would good have, job would have tons of skills to do stuff yeah but like unlikely i mean it's uh i think one where you kind of you you have you have a good uh lay of the land and you have a good understanding of of what goes where and, and where things are like um maybe a, a, like in line with the cleaning company and the pool guy <laughs> you got realtor you know you have access to a lot of properties um you know who is where and, and layouts of different places, like depending on how, how successful a, a realtor you are. So like, there's a lot of those little, those, those jobs where you have like knowledge of the area, you know, maybe heck, a, even, heck, even a, a tractor trailer driver, uh, you'd have access to tractor trailers and those things can go pretty much every anywhere. And they're pretty much tanks. Yeah. I think the struggle with that one though, is that if you're, if you're away from your loved ones, right. Yeah, that would be the struggle. Well, they, there. well track, some tractor trailers have beds in the back. Yeah, yeah, they do. For long uh, haul, tra- long haul tra- travelers, you could bring your family, stick them in the back. 
Yeah. It would be cramped, but... They are not spacious. (laughs) That's for sure. It's all about uh, what you're hauling. So, yeah, some really interesting, uh, really interesting ideas there. So, again, if anyone at home has some suggestions for Angela's topic here, let us know. Email, Discord, Twitter, Facebook. uh, Send us your thoughts. And before we do go, I did want to give a quick shout out as uh, Angela is a recent listener and a big zombie fan with some writing for uh, the Zombie Research Society titled Be a Mom, Survive the Apocalypse. And she also wrote her own uh, zombie book, too, titled The Shopping Mall. Not uh, not uh, mall as in the location, but mall as in like M-A-U-L. So a bit of play on words there. And we'll have links in the show notes so you can check those out. So, Angela, thank you so much for writing in and for listening to the show. And as I mentioned, if you want to provide some feedback, we have our Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. Lots of folks posting links in there. It's where we get a lot of our news stories. So thank you so much to our Discord folks. And I also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. We really appreciate all the support that we get there. It helps keep the lights on and the content flowing. Speaking of which, go to zombiesatemypodcast.com for previous episodes and um, you can email us like Angela did, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. And if you're still on Twitter, you can find me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. And finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, before we exit, uh, we take the jet ski out into the sunset any fine busy zombie lord knowledge to pass along 80,000 coins for a rocket launcher to finish the final boss in 30 seconds it's worth it yeah no dlc required